Welcome everybody to episode number 20 of the Local Dirt Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Wisco Dirt or Local Dirt Podcast. Um, This episode is being brought to you by Fast Ed Distributors out of Two Rivers, Wisconsin, specializing in race or street GM HEI distributors. Drop in, race ready to go. 920-304-1771. Ask for Ed or leave a message. You can text as well. He'll take care of you. Big thanks to Fast Ed Distributors. Exciting news coming from the 141 Speedway. Their King of the Creek will now pay $10,000 to the winner of the IMCA Stock Car Feature. That will take place on July 20th through the 22nd, that is. And I do believe that July 20th, that's $1,000 to win for the Unified Street Stocks as well. So a big payday coming down. That show used to pay five grand to win. They have now upped it to $10,000. Joining me live today out of Algoma, Wisconsin, we have the number nine Unified Street Stock driver of Marcus Mead. Thanks for joining us, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Now, I met Marcus... Back in 2003, we were both racing in the newly formed IMC Hobby Stock Division. I got to know Marcus in a bit of a way he probably wishes we wouldn't have met, but we became friends after. I was struggling. I had some uh, problems going on with my car, and I was trying to get around him one night. And I was somewhere I shouldn't have been, and I got tail slapped by him, and I cut a right front tire down. So I was frustrated, and I was mad, and I went over and yelled at Marcus. And I really shouldn't have at the time, but I, you know how racers are. I'm glad I've gotten better in my older age about that stuff. But uh, do you remember that night, Marcus? Yeah, I do. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember me yelling at you? Yeah. Well, we got to we got to kind of know each other after that, and yeah, it ended up being a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought, right? After all these years, um, now. I know a lot about you, and I know a lot about your race and where you came from, but there may be a lot of fans um, that don't. And that's why we're doing, uh, Kip and I do the Local Dirt Podcast, is to let other people maybe not know. They may see that you know green and blue number nine car and be like, oh, I like them, but they don't know anything about you. This is a way to kind of give back and let uh, some racing fans know a little bit more behind the helmet here. Uh, how did you get started in racing? Um. Well, back in 2002, there was an article in the Record Herald that said uh, you can start racing a four-cylinder for $1,000. And me and Derek read it and said, hey, maybe we should do that. And uh, so we went to the meeting. And um, after we left there, we decided that we were going to go to a bomber instead so me and Derek both ended up buying um, a car, and we started out in the bomber division um, part-time for our first year, and uh, that's how we started. Cool. Uh, I, you know, I got my start in the bomber division. They, that class only raced up at the hill. Uh, you speak of Derek. Uh, let everyone know who Derek is. Derek is my brother. Okay, so you guys raced, raced together throughout the years then? Yeah. Awesome. Um, what do you do for a living, Marcus? I'm a printing press operator at Multicolor Corporation in Algoma. Oh, so you ain't got far to drive then? No. That leaves, leaves a little bit more uh, shop time. Um, you're number nine on the car. How, how did you ever pick that number? Um, 
Well, growing up, um, we were fans of Charlie Kroll, and he was number eight. And Derek got ahead of me and picked number eight, and um, I picked number nine. It makes <laughs> and sense. It, it stuck. Um, how did, uh, how did your 2020 season go? Um, well, I ran for points at 141 for the first time. Um, otherwise I was always doing, um, Luxembourg the last couple of years. Um, so it was a little bit of a change and, um, I finished fourth in the points at 141. Um, overall, a a pretty solid year considering the car counts we had. Um, yeah, I think we averaged, I want to say 37, 38 cars a night at 141. I mean, there was four heats and two con- two to three concies every night. The competition's pretty tough at that place. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky enough to make every feature, and um, my worst finish was eighth, I believe. Um, just a very consistent year. Um, and I was happy with the way everything turned out and hopefully knock a feature or two off this year. We'll see. Awesome. Sounds, sounds like a good plan. Um, uh, what, do you, what do you like about this unified uh, street stock division? Well, I like that all the tracks have came together and, and made one rule package. Um, and... I just like the division because it's probably the most cost-effective full-body race car. Um. Yeah, it's. A, it, uh, I feel like this class is one where whether you got five grand in your car or fifteen thousand dollars in your car, you can compete with the way the rules are set up. Um, w- tell us about your car that you race. Um, I have a two thousand five White Lightning chassis, so it's a. Uh, 16 years old, um, but it's still straight, and uh, it still treats me very well. Yeah, I mean, you've won some features of that car. It's been a good car to you so far. Yeah, I won four features last year with, um, two years ago with it. Um, yeah, it's still, it ain't brand new, but... It still does the job. Right on, right on. And that's, again, that's what makes this class um, so awesome is the fact you, you can have a car that's 16 years old and go compete at one of the toughest tracks in northeastern Wisconsin for us. And, you know, like you said, your worst finish was eighth place and fourth in points. Any other, I think any other track you would want to race that and you first finish with the eighth, that's usually track championship territory. It just shows how tough uh, that class is. Tell us about the... Uh, uh, other divisions you've raced in. Have you raced in other classes? Yeah. Um, bomber for one year. Uh, and then it got um, transitioned to hobby stock. So I was in hobby stock for many years. And then I had a year in stock car. And then I tried out street stock. Um, but that was before before the rules were what they are now. And um, I didn't care for it a whole lot then. Then I went to back to hobby stock. Um, and then I tried out sport mod for three years. 
and then back to a street stock. So I've moved around a little bit. Moved around, you found, uh, do you anticipate being in the street stock class for a while, or is there something else on the horizon for you? Um, right now, I plan on staying with it. Um, I would like to go back to stock car at, at some point. Um, you know, whether it may be, it might be a few years down the road, we'll see. You mentioned uh, IMC Hobby Stocks. Now, the big thing with IMC Hobby Stocks is kind of like what we got the Unified deal going on. You can race all over. Um, you've been down to the mecca of all IMCA races, the IMC Super Nationals, um, and you've had some success down there. Uh, you even won a qualifying race. Um, what's it like, I guess, overall to, to go down there and at where there's 150 cars or more you're competing at. What's it like to get a checkered flag at a track like that? Uh, definitely a highlight of, you know, of my career. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to be able to go down there, um, being, being able to qualify and actually qualify for the big dance down there. That's, imp- uh, that's really impressive. Tell us about that, that, qualifying feature you had to run to get into the big dance yeah so i actually um made two qualifying features um the the first night which i didn't qualify through i didn't transfer so then the next day i ended up winning my qualifying race and then going to the qualifying a which i think i started like 10th and i they were taking the top nine to go to the big dance and I was up to like sixth, looking pretty good. Um, I got taken out, uh, flat tire, had to go down pit lane. Um, that was early on. And then uh, ended up coming back out there and, and running right around, you know, the 10th place area or something. And, and someone spun out. And I T-boned him with one lap to go. Ugh. And had the the fan through the radiator and steam, you know. And I just made it past the finish line. And uh, not knowing it, I finished ninth. And it was the last qualifying spot. Wow. That's crazy. That's That's like... The Boone story of all Boone stories. Like, that's that's how it is. That place is either checkers or wreckers, and sometimes you can do both in the same night. At, that place is absolutely crazy down there. Um, and that's no joke. I mean, you got to have a lot of luck, a fast car, and everything to go right just to make it in. And you you had all that happen and still made the big, big dance. Not a lot of people can say they've ever qualified for the right. IMC Supernatural. Right. I mean, I've been down there since and, you know, haven't had – the same success but uh but i'm very fortunate that i did that i can say that i did make it one year you mentioned earlier uh you when you were talking about your numbers you brought up uh charging charlie crow um was he one of your racing heroes and did you have any others yeah growing up um he was a family friend and uh i would go to the races with my cousins and and um, we cheered for him and Todd Dart and yeah they were 
I guess childhood heroes. That's cool, and and I I probably venture to say you're still friends with those guys to this day. Still talk to them. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, accomplishments in racing. I'm looking up at the wall here. I'm we're at the Mead Racing Stables in. Uh, there's, there's trophies lining the walls there's posters up track champion stuff and i'm looking at uh 2011 imca track champion at luxembourg speedway then uh, 2015 imca hobby stock track champ at thunder hill raceway and a 2015 state championship so some accomplishments there on the wall but what i want to talk about this is probably a little sore spot for me we've talked about this a few times I want to talk about your first career feature win. Because <laughs> somehow, someway, leading the race, I played a part in this. And I, I still, one day, I'm going to get that trophy from you. Uh, so what happened is, uh, this was 2004. I was leading the feature. Um, that car got underneath me. Um, we made contact on the coming into turn number three in the last lap. Um, I was leading, I crossed the checkers, the caution come out. Well, at that specific track, there was a contact rule. They voted that that car and myself were part of the contact rule. So they took the first place and second place guy out. And the guy running third was you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, was, what was your perspective on that from you're running third and then the next thing you know, you're in victory lane? How did that all work I, out for you? I really didn't even know what happened. Um, I remember pulling on the infield because the top four pull on the infield. And they're like, you won. And it, um, it was like, what? You know, like, I did. Um, being my very first feature win, it was, I mean, I just took it. You know, I was like, yeah, you know. But it was kind of a messed up night. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That was... It that was, was a while. There has been more yelling and, and screaming and like, people excited and people mad. It was it was a little bit of everything that night. <laughs> um, uh, we, you talked about racing with your brother. Um, you guys came in the sport together. Um, being an announcer at the Berg, there has been a few nights you guys have tangled. Um, it's very competitive. Ed, like you and I are both competitive. We usually get along uh, ninety. Nine percent of the time, um, I'd imagine a race with your brother has to be a little different. Um, we're all competitors, and most of us will argue with each other. But what is what's the different dynamic from racing with a bunch of people to racing with your brother? What's that like? I, I can't say I've ever um, experienced that. Very competitive. Um, we definitely made each other better. Um, we we had a lot of fun. But we had a lot of arguments. <laughs> we worked out of the same shop together. So, um, you know, but we were both secretive to each other. <laughs> so one guy would find something and oh, not yeah, tell I'm the sure other when, guy. When I was not in the shop, Derek was probably underneath my car. <laughs> and it was probably the same thing. If, you know, if he was doing good and I wanted to know what he was doing, well, you know. But overall, we've helped each other. And... Um, you know, it, it kind of worked out because we could learn off of each other. Um, and I'm sure you guys have shared probably a lot of good times too and memories you'll cherish. Oh, yeah. Um, we worked out of the shop together for for many years and um, 
uh, we had a lot of good times. Uh-huh. That, that's cool. And, uh, you know, I can, I can relate to that in friendships and bonding and stuff like that. And it's pretty cool with, with racing. I know we all get busy and we all get wrapped up in it, into it. But really, if you look at it, we get to hang out with our friends and family every weekend throughout the summer. It's pretty cool. And to be able to do that with your brother, that, that's pretty awesome. It's cool to see you guys uh, having fun in your own families and stuff like that. Speaking of families, um, you're married, Ashley, and you guys have some kids together, uh, two daughters, correct? Uh, yes. I'm looking around the shop right now, Marcus. You got, an, you got a bigger shop, and I see a blown-up bouncy house. I see a princess castle. Uh, we got looks like we're set up to have some some tea and crumpets over here, and we got a bunch of rotting toys on the other side of the shop. What's it like uh, balancing family and racing uh, nowadays? Uh, it's very tough. Um, basically, I took half of my shop and made it a playground because, well, if I want to be out in the shop, um, I got to keep the kids occupied. <laughs> Are you able to get them to do any work on the car at all? Um, a little bit. They'll help me wash the car, um, the older one. Um, how, how old are your kids now? Um, Emily is five and Elizabeth is 18 months. Oh, boy. So you got your hands full. Oh, then. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what are your plans uh, for 2021? Um, I plan on racing 141 weekly and hopefully hit up Luxembourg Speedway and Thunder Hill Raceway a couple times. Sounds busy. Yeah, you know, one night a week um, and then maybe two on occasion. Remember the days when we'd run two nights a week and not even think about it? Now now one night a week is like, how did I ever get ready for two? Yeah, two and sometimes three. Yeah, it was Um, crazy. But, you know, that was when I had nothing to worry about other than myself. (laughs) (laughs) The selfish days, I hear you there. Uh, If there was one rule... In racing, you could change. What would it be right now? Um, in the street stocks? Uh, yeah, street stocks or any yeah. class. Um, just to make it more cost-effective, I would like to see a crate motor with a four-barrel holly. Okay, okay. I've heard that. I was just on the Talking in Circles. Uh, they do like a live podcast with uh, Brandon Reedner who races at, uh, I believe it's a hobby stock at Jefferson. And... He was always a built motor guy, went crate, and that was his thing, he, that he wanted to see more of that. Um, so but let's talk about crate motors. Uh, you're either on one side or the other side. I've had many discussions with you. Um, how do you feel like the crate has, because you, you ran IMC Hobbystock, where's the crate? How, what, was, what did you like about having um, a crate? So I love the crate. Um, the very first night that I've ever ran a crate, I won a feature. Um, and I bought that crate in like 2011 and I won the track champion um, at Luxembourg. Um, the reason I like it is because I didn't have to worry about anything else. Um, I could, the, the motor itself, you know, it's sealed up. It's competitive, um, but I could concentrate on the setup, um, and I didn't have to worry about the motor part. Um, so 
and they're very reliable and they last a long time. Um, and that's why I like them. Um, I ran them in the hobby stocks. I ran it in the sport mod. And, you know, dollar for dollar, they're, they make racing more affordable, I feel. Um, Let's talk about uh, being innovated in racing. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying cheating or anything like that, but I'd like to take us back to, I don't know, it's probably 2004. Um, Marcus was having some trouble with his car, so I ran, I was living in Algoma time, I ran over to Casco, and he's like, something's wrong, there's something not right with my carburetor. So uh, we do some really smart guy things, and we pull the hood off, we pull the air filter off, I climb over the dash of his carburetor, he drives out of the shop with me hanging over the carburetor off his dash, looking down into the carburetor. And when we would start to pick up speed, there was some sort of weird Venturi thing going on, and it would start sucking fuel out of the float and back into the carburetor. Like there was something wrong with the fuel pressure or what it was going on. I didn't know much about carburetors then. I don't say I still don't, but I'm like, there's something wrong with your carburetor. I don't know how to fix it. I had a carburetor sitting that was given to me in 2003 by Joe Liebot, who ran IMCA stock cars and fielded some IMCA modifieds. He's like, I can't use this anymore. Um, and every week he asked me, hey, you put that carb on? Hey, you put that carb on? I'm like, no, I haven't. Mine was working good. So I just had it sitting in a box. And I said, Marcus, I got a carburetor you can borrow. So Marcus got it and finished putting it together with the parts. Well, Marcus had his carburetor problems fixed. You, fin- yeah. you finished in the top four that night. Yeah, I did. I don't remember what I finished, but if it was second or third, car ran great. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, they, not like, you know. The problem was gone. Whatever the problem was, was gone. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't like I had a huge, huge advantage or something. <laughs> uh, so but. that night they, they came to tech carburetors with a gauge. Now, those of you who have never experienced that, it's basically – um, a gauge that slides down in the carburetor. If it go, if it slides all the way in, it's like a no, go, no go. If it slides all the way in, the carburetor's too big. It's, if it doesn't slide in, they know it's not too big. What happened when they checked yours? Yeah, they uh, <laughs> took their tool and it dropped right through. And uh, <laughs> my eyes got really big. And I'm like, uh, illegal. Yeah. Like, what are friends for, right? So Marcus comes back and he's like, I got DQ'd. I'm like, for what? He goes, that carburetor you loaned me. Well, I said, well, I guess in, in one instance, you're, <laughs> we know what your problem was. We just got to get you a legal carburetor. So that, that was fun. That was fun. Good times. Yeah. Um, are there uh, any sponsors or uh, crew members you'd like to thank? Yeah. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Dart Plastering, Valise Electric, Village Kitchen, Gale Theory Financial, Big G Carburetors, Corolla Racing Fabrications, Ponytails on Main, and Duterra Oils by Brooke. Um, and my pit crew, Ashley, Emily, Elizabeth, Kylie, and Kane, Frank, Dave Bushy, Chad Theory, Scott Drain, and Derek Mead. Is that the, the Frank the Tank that is on your that picture? That would be Frank the Tank Paul. Oh, my goodness. There's a guy, form, former hobby stock champion up at the hill. And uh, <laughs> you said Dave Bushy. Dave, yeah, Dave helps me out a lot in the off season. Um, I think he helps everyone out in the off season. 
It, that guy, he is like the Energizer Bunny, I think. I don't know if he's if there's an off switch somewhere with him, but that guy gets more work done in a winter than anyone I've ever met in my life. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he helps me out a lot, and uh, he can get things done way quicker. Yeah, you know? we we overthink things where he's by the time we're done thinking about it, he's already finished it on the car. <laughs> um, last question before we let you get back to work here: in racing or life, what are you most proud of? My family. Absolutely. Totally can understand that. Marcus, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. All right, race fans, there you go. Marcus Mead, Unified Street Stock, number nine on the Local Dirt Podcast. Take care.